When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back out the smart. Fakes the pass all the time. Three. Bang! It's William Strange. Bobs it up. Robert Williams! Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're holding up after that absolute backbreaker of a game five loss to the Bucks. Celtics J and Wayne Spoonie are here, uh, really just to commiserate with us, honestly, rather than perform any sort of analysis. We'll start with you, Celtics J. Just walk us through your emotional state right now. You, you tend to err on the optimistic side, and I, I feel like that's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah, I, so... Listen, you're, the way you phrased it is absolutely right. I mean, this is a backbreaker. It's a heartbreaker. It looked like we had this one. It looked like we just had to make some smart plays. I think, well, no, I don't think. I mean, after that Horford putback, um, especially when Pat Connaughton ended up elbowing Giannis in the face and making him bleed like it was a Rocky movie, it really felt like it was just poetry and everything was coming together. And, you know... When it falls apart on you like that, when you feel like you're in such a good space, I mean, here's the thing. If we, if Marcus Smart makes that, that bucket, like that layup, if he doesn't get blocked by Drew Holiday, then all of this energy that, that we have that's fueling the pessimism right now would all be elation. And it wouldn't matter anything that anyone did wrong during this game. It would just be blind and relentless optimism and enthusiasm and excitement. And here's the thing, just because we lost, that energy doesn't go away, right? Like, it's got to go somewhere. And so if it can't go into elation, it's going to go into depression. Um, so, like, I, I definitely feel it. This is a heartbreaker. You don't want to give up this game. You don't want to give up the home court. Um, you don't want to have to, you know, win two in a row in a tough series like this. But this is the way these things go sometimes, man. We're matched up against against the defending champs. And, yeah, they don't have Middleton and... And maybe he comes back in six or seven or whatever. But, I mean, that's the way these things go. And if you want to be the man, you want to be the champion, you got you to just do the thing. So, listen, next step, win two in a row and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's, that's the objective. That's all we got to do now. Spoons, where's your head at? Because, you know, it's, I admire you, Jay, to be able to just immediately flip to that mindset. Spoons, how are you feeling after this one? Did they miss a three in the fourth quarter? I don't think so. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like, Giannis, like, come on, man. Like, how, what are you going to do? Like, Giannis banging threes? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he hit one really. He hit two threes in the game, but that crucial one off the offensive that was, tip back. I didn't I even mean, realize was a, I didn't even realize it was him at first. <laughs> I was like, that could have been Giannis. What is my, let me fix my glasses that, real quick. That was such a backbreaker. Like I said, Ben, when we were chatting before we started, like twenty things had to go wrong for us to lose that game, and every single one of them happened. Like. Some of the shots they were hitting, like that Drew pull-up mid-range over Marcus Smart with great defense, falls. I And then I, I would say I started to worry when that went down. And then when Giannis was going to the line, the only thought in my head was, I hope he makes them both. Or sure. miss the first one. Because I just yeah. knew something fucking terrible was going to happen if he missed the second one. And I still wasn't prepared for how terrible it was. I mean, we had that <laughs> rebound. That it was over. We we get yeah. that rebound. That's a win. We're talking about how oh yeah, some of our demons came back, but ultimately they pulled through. You know, Tatum would be talked about as having an excellent fourth quarter performance. He went four for six, clutch, cr- clutch free throws right before the Giannis free throws, and instead everyone's saying he's you know, the worst play, you know, trash and we'll never win with them. And it's really the difference between whether or not two guys bump into each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's about as badly as you could expect it to ever go. Yeah. Jalen Brown knocking the secured rebound to that point out of Marcus Smart's hands. Um, and then the extra points uh, for the Bucks as a result. And then just late in transition where Smart had Tatum and then Derek White was even further down the court open for an opportunity to at least send it to overtime uh, and then didn't execute on that either. And then, just like you said, Spoons, everything leading up to that back-breaking point where, you know, at that point, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, we had fucked up so many things and, and bed shat our way through the fourth quarter, for lack of a better term. And uh, now we're here, you know, sizing up this whole thing where we go back to Milwaukee, down 2-3, playing against, you know, best player in the world, Threat of Chris Middleton's return possibly looming. I don't know how much substance there are there is to those reports. And uh, I, I can guarantee you, if you're a younger Celtics fan and you're listening to this, um, this is about as painful as you can expect a loss to be ever. Yep. Yep. Um, it's pretty devastating, just given you know the expectations that we sort of developed as the season went on and in the postseason and sweeping the nets. And you know, I don't want to go right in the eulogy yet. Both teams have shown they can win on the road in this series. But there's definitely an emotional like element to copying a loss like that that a lot of teams I think struggle to to crawl back from. Is there spoons anything else like standing out from this game that you think's worth mentioning, or should we just continue to wallow in in the event <laughs> in the moment? I I think this is coming back to and like I've been beating this drum like you've got to make threes against Milwaukee. You just have to make threes, and if we could shoot the damn ball, this we still would have won. Right? This would have been a complete laugher to the point that Milwaukee probably wouldn't even have really bothered. You know what I mean? We shot under. Mm-hmm or like almost exactly 30% from three. And that's just not going to be good enough to beat them with how they play defense. The flip side is what we did on offense to score was a lot more sustainable. We were getting easy looks inside, which is something that we've not really done this series. So it does actually make me hopeful that we figured that aspect out. And then if our three ball falls, 
in conjunction with that, I do think we can win two in a row. It's like pains me to almost say that because of how painful that <laughs> loss was, but yeah. we can beat this team twice in a row. There's zero doubt in my mind. We make one more shot effectively and we win this game. Like I don't want to overreact to what was an absurdly epic collapse, but I think this just highlighted like they don't have a lot of answers for us and they were just ridiculously hot from three in the fourth quarter. Like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Wes Matthews is banging threes with a hand in his face. Pat Connaughton didn't miss. Drew hit a couple tough ones. Giannis hit a fucking three. Like, they needed a lot to Dude. go right. And, you know, our fourth quarter comeback last game did not feel the same way. It just felt like, okay, we're just beating you because we're better. So, you know, I keep yeah. saying we're the better team, but they need to, like, actually prove it for 48 minutes twice in a row. I gotta. I, I do have to, to pipe in just... just- to those younger Celtic fans, because um, Ben, like that's just your opinion, man. I gotta be honest, like <laughs> it hurt more watching that 2018 have to go seven games in two straight rounds because, I mean, yeah, our expectations for this team have changed for sure, and we're way more optimistic given the second half of the season than we were to start. But that 2018, like the expectation was they shouldn't lose to anyone on any given night. And so to, to struggle as much as they did in those first two rounds, I, I remember how I felt then. And that was way worse than now. And like, I, I felt more doom and gloom then. Cause it just seemed like such a more epic collapse because you had three hall of famers on that team and a ridiculous bench and that you couldn't take out like a, a, a barely like, you know, teething, Atlanta Hawks team like that was that was devastating to lose some of those games and we didn't even win an away game I think until we got to Detroit in the Eastern Conference Finals like we didn't even win on the road uh up into the Eastern Conference Finals and in that in that season that postseason so but I do hear you I mean that's the, but you know it's also this is right here in this moment like this shit hurts it hurts for real I'm not trying to I'm not trying to belittle that at all I'm really not um but I also think like you got to focus on what's next, right? Like we can either be victims of the moment or we can step up to the moment, right? And the expectation of the team would be to step up to the moment. Like we don't want these guys to not show up on Friday, right? Like we still want these guys to fly to Milwaukee and play a game, right? Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, we expect that yeah. of them. And they've, they've been turning it around all season. The whole, the whole season right. has been about responding to adversity. Um, Damn but, right. Uh, I mean, from the fan perspective, and, and the the thing that um, helped with those 2008 losses was the eventual championship victory. Uh, it just feels that doesn't feel as in our grasp in this moment of time with this game in, in a vacuum. So I, I just think that's as devastating as a loss can come. Um, you know, I'm reminded of game seven, 2010, just in terms of like, it feels mm. in your grasp. And then it like it literally was in Marcus Smart's grasp and then you know, uh, our own guy knocked it out, you know, like a bumper car or something. So just for it to come in that fashion, you know, we ha- held several double digit leads throughout the game. Really, I'm just torturing anyone listening, just recounting this stuff. But, you know, it's, <laughs> well, and, and so it's as me, bad as it let comes. Let me throw the counterpoint, right? Because if you think about it, you, you just reflect on the fact the thing that softens those series for that 2018 is the inevitable or the eventual rather championship. Mm-hmm. But there's only one way to get there, right? Like, you got to step up. You got to show up to the game six or the game seven. You win that, you give yourself another chance. You win that, you give yourself another chance. If this team does, 
You know, if they do respond to this and they're able to win these two games, if they're able to go to the next round, if they're able to get to the finals, if they happen to win a finals, will we look back on this and say, man, that was just the worst experience of my entire life? Or will we look at this whole postseason as magic? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, if we if we get bumped, it, listen, that's going to be a heartbreaker. And I'll cry with everyone else, too. Like, just because I'm optimistic doesn't mean I don't got feelings. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll certainly be shedding some tears. It feels like it's around the corner, unfortunately. But I mean, there are, um, nah. you know, there are multiple sides to the coin, to, to in fact. Uh, a couple of Reddit comments here. Itchy Process 3614 says three road games won so far out of five. Problem is, Milwaukee has championship pedigree and Boston doesn't yet. Let's fucking go. And then uh, another comment from I'm the Mellow Man. Uh, who says they're the number one Kelly Olenek fan. Uh, excuse me. Uh, insane choke job. Grab a fucking rebound and we win. Spoons, does another... Is there a competing Celtics choke job that comes to mind here? Or is this like top echelon, worst ever choke job from the Celtics, at least in recent history? I think that 2010 game set, nothing tops that, right? Like we were uh. about to win a championship. What were we up? Like yeah. 24 in the first, third Pretty quarter. Bad. And yeah. it was just painful because, uh, as I recall, Perk was injured and Sheed had played really well, but you could just tell he was out of gas and they were just getting... Yeah, yeah that fourth quarter was an epic just... Every rebound. Mm. And it just felt like slow, like death by a thousand knives or whatever that saying is. And this one just <laughs> felt like, oh my God, What? They didn't do, you know, yeah. it's like he hit that shot. Giannis made it th- like, I don't know. It was, it was just a little different. Plus with the, um, there was a helplessness to the 2010 one uh, that it was really frustrating and horrible. This was just kind of like a surprise out of nowhere in a lot of ways. Um, so I think nothing could top 2010 just because the stakes. Yeah, that I, I agree. I agree with that. And and the other thing is the, the stage that they're on, right? I mean, that that's, it's it's the finals, right? Like that's it. That's it right mm-hmm. there. It's like it's, you're a couple minutes away from having a ring, or not even like basically being a footnote in in that postseason. You know that had a, that had a huge impact on all of those players' legacies moving forward. I mean, it didn't impact their abilities to you know to get into the Hall of Fame and all that. But you know the the stories we tell and the way that we reflect on that team would be in, very different, and the way the the rest of the league reflects and regards that team would be very different if they had won two. So, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things, that's in my lifetime, that's probably the toughest, the toughest loss that I've had to witness. Um, And yeah, th- this one, like. Again, I, I think it's just it's, it's the way that this has gone back and forth. It's the physicality of these games, too. Like everything just feels so intense because it's it is so damn intense. Like both of these teams give a damn. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like like you I hate the Milwaukee Bucks right now. I legitimately hate them, right? Like, like I don't like anything about them. They have no redeeming qualities, not even as people. I'm totally kidding, but, but you got to respect the, the fight that they're putting up, man. Like they're not backing down from nothing. We're not backing down from nothing. This is two slugfest teams just going punch for punch, man. It's like a Rocky movie. Yeah, it is like a movie. And, and when we were watching the game today and Giannis was making some of his like game changing plays down the stretch, you get that sense that like, oh, okay, we're just the like the characters in someone else's championship DVD, you know, like where this is our yeah. role in like their end end to the the title run highlight reel. Like you just 
for me at least things start to feel like they the narrative like tips in that direction and you you do have to like stop and respect the other team and appreciate that Giannis he has some flaws but like ultimately might end up as one of the greatest players to ever play the game and and dominant on that Shaq level in terms of just being unstoppable and while you know it's crushingly devastating to lose to that like at some point all you can kind of do is step back and appreciate it but look I don't want to eulogize the team yet we could still potentially go to Milwaukee win a game six come back and have um an equally if not more anxiety inducing (laughs) heartbreak seven yeah absolutely um go ahead Spoonie uh, I was gonna say I was kind of gonna change the subject I felt like this is the first time in this series I've really felt like we've missed Rob because Lopez really neutralizes what Rob does by camping in the paint, but we played him off the floor. Rob could dominate Bobby Portis, man. Like he would be dunking all over Bobby Portis. And I guarantee we don't get beat up on the offensive glass like that with Rob out there. So I felt like, man, if we had Rob, like, I think this game goes a different way. And I've not felt like that in any other game in this series, just because I don't feel like that's a very good matchup for him. But this one, oh man, this one would I think it would have gone different. That's, that's <laughs> a really good point because we, we have seemed to like find ways to kind of, after that game one, we've seemed to find ways to really get Portis to not be a difference maker. And they seem to find their, their, the crease in the fold there to get him back into their scheme and be effective because and and the other pieces like they really did just play it like they they played a pretty other than some of the turnovers early like they played about as good as you could especially in the fourth quarter like everything that could break right for them broke right for them um and it'll it'll be it's gonna i'm i'm just excited i'm excited to see what these guys do in game six because we're gonna make we're gonna have to make some adjustments right and we're gonna see what we do about that who knows we might have Rob back they you know they said tonight was kind of more of a precaution more than anything so I'm wondering if he gives it a go for this next game considering it's you know it's win or go home so well you go home either way but go home to play another game yeah I mean we're star- staring down the barrel of potentially the last game of the Celtic season now so if there's any possibility that mm-hmm. Time Lord could play I think he's, he's going to be out there some of these post game I have a question it- for you guys because my eyes didn't catch it so well, but that that final play, um, that where Marcus drove and got blocked, I saw Ime talking to the guys, and it seemed like he was. It seemed like the play did not go as designed. Did you guys catch how that play was supposed to go? They they tried to get Tatum like a pin down off ball to catch it at the top of the key, okay. and it got blown up. And then so Smart was supposed to go up, was supposed to go high, but then he 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 saw like that angle to the hoop, mm-hmm. and so he just went for it. Yeah. Ah, I see. Ime's going to tear his ass up in the locker room. You know that. Yeah. yeah, well, a couple of these post-game press conference tweets are coming out now. Like this one's from Keith Smith, who said, Ime Doka seems as defeated post-game as I've ever seen or heard him. Doka said, we know we gave up a golden opportunity tonight. Tried to say a bounce back will be sweeter, but didn't seem to have his whole heart in it, which I think is pretty fair enough. He also called out poor rebounding at least 10 times in the post-game presser. And I'm just looking at the box score now and, Huge disparity in offensive rebounds. The Celtics had five, which is not enough in any game. And the Bucks had 17, which is just crazy. Um, not going to so, win a game if you give your, your, your opponent that many extra opportunities at scoring. I'm super encouraged right now, though, by that quote and, and the way you're, you're expressing how he looked and sounded. Because here's the thing, right? Ime's been a pretty tough 
tough cat on these guys all season. And at this point, like he's been tough enough with them that they've got like that kind of quintessential coach player relationship. And he's about to pull on them that whole, listen, guys, I'm not even mad. I'm disappointed. And I'm telling you right now, like, I don't want to be another team facing a Marcus Smart or a Jalen Brown or a Jason Tatum or an Al Horford that's dealing with a disappointed Eme right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. What What's a part of this game that you would have celebrated on this podcast had we won? Like a smaller part that doesn't feel worth mentioning now, but you maybe had in your notes a, a, as calling out a player or a performance or a moment. Pritchard had those yeah. <laughs> two like super clutch buckets. And in my head, I was like, man, that's, you know, that just might have just won us the game, right? Like, those mm-hmm. were huge. The layup, too, was great. Um, so I thought PP, you know, he, he still cannot make a three, but I thought he found other ways to contribute, which was nice. And Tice, too, is probably the other guy that I was really impressed and surprised with after not really doing much for most of this series. Yeah, he started out this one a little rough, too, but then he like he settled down by the time we were like a few minutes. By the time he had a few minutes on the floor, he seemed to kind of settle in. And once he got that shot to fall, that I that had to have meant a lot for him, you know, just to see one go down. Yeah. Um, And I don't know what's going on with Grant. Like, that's I would have talked about that even if we had won, because, you know, Grant, here's the thing, you know, when Grant's shooting. He's our best. He's our best three point shooter. Next, you know, I mean, statistically, right? I think he's our, our highest percentage three point shooter. There's, I mean, volume wise, obviously, you know, you want Tatum or Brown taking the shot, but um, if he's not hitting those corner threes, um, I mean, like Spoon said earlier, the the three point shots got to go down. You know, you you've got to shoot better than thirty percent against this Bucks team if you want to comfortably win. You can scrape one out. You can find a way to scrape one out, but it's going to be like this and and like. We've noted you don't want to go into crunch time against a guy like Giannis any more than you want to go in crunch time against a guy like, you know, KD or or anyone else like that. So, yeah, um, I'll, I'll tell you, seeing though Al Horford continue to be big Papa Al has been just mm-hmm. uh, just beautiful. And I, I'll that dunk tonight. <laughs> I had put a, a tweet out there. I was saying, you know, uh, Al Horford took it to another level tonight because he he dunked on Giannis again, but this time decided to have Pat Connaughton put the elbow in Giannis's face so he didn't get hit with the technical foul. And I just he thought that's like it. 4D chess from, yeah. from Big Daddy Al, you know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, different game from Horford. Like, yeah, it went 8-6-8, eight, eight, um, sort of, I guess, more of an overall well-rounded game, but didn't have the scoring punch mm-hmm. that uh, we saw. Well, all the people in the, the sub are going are gonna to say it was a- average Al again, right? <laughs> I mean, he was still God, very effective. I, mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, yep. Defending Giannis was more of a problem. Uh, I thought, again, like, just respect to Giannis, he, he really took it to Horford on a number of possessions, particularly in the second quarter. Um, where, where I guess like in, from an energy management standpoint, he knew he was going into halftime and would get a bit of a rest. Um, he went harder at us in the paint in the second quarter than he had, I think, prior in the season. And, you know, Al is one of the best Giannis defenders in, in the world. And like he just had nothing on him for multiple sequential possessions, which, again, like, you've just got to tip your cap to, to Giannis there. Yeah, but Bud had to have put some kind of incentive in that bench because, you know, the big thing is when Giannis is off the court, you've got to exploit that. And that to, to Spoon's point earlier, that's where Rob can be a complete stick of dynamite in their whole game plan. Because 
if we what one thing I liked about tonight, and I I suspect we'll see the same thing on Friday, is Ime has decided it seems like that he's gonna have Al Horford in the game anytime Giannis is in the game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I think that's brilliant. I think it's 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 the, a perfect idea. And if you have Rob back, even if Rob isn't like a hundred percent like what he can normally do, right? But if he's coming off the bench right now in this context, in this situation, when Giannis comes off and Al goes off, if Rob is his replacement then instead of Tice, ooh, that like mm-hmm. that changes a lot of those dynamics and that yep. opens up a lot of opportunities. Um, and that could be a scary reality if Rob's available for game six. Scary reality for Milwaukee fans anyway. Just quickly before we move on to game six, a final Reddit comment here from T Adams. Maybe it's to Dams 115. I understand there are ebbs and flows in the game, but the getting away from running offensive sets simply because we're up seven to 10 points is driving me fucking crazy, which uh, we can all relate to. Um, we've seen Preach. it all, all season, certainly all postseason where you play like a, almost a defensive form of offense where you're just, you know, trying to run the clock down. And you know, I, I get it in the sense that maybe you're trying to prevent transition offense from the box but you know if mm-hmm. you're not sticking to what's led you to success <laughs> all season then like why what are you really doing you know um there's a post here that i wanted to get to to sort of segue into game six uh reddit user bryce schoon posted eight minutes ago is game six the biggest game of jason tatum's life spoons what do you think uh no i don't think so i think well <sighs> I'd say game seven against Cleveland was a bigger game, right? That's a game mm-hmm. to go to the finals. I get he was a rookie back then, but like if we won that game and he brought us to the finals, like how is that not bigger than a second round series against Milwaukee? And like mm-hmm. at the end of Tatum's career, if it goes the way we're hoping it goes, even if we lose this series, it will be very forgettable. Two years ago, Giannis lost in five in the first round, right? Like, this is not the end of the world. It's going to suck, especially, you know, if, if we lose this series, we're going to be looking at this game and game three over and over again. But nonetheless, like this very well could just be a blip on the radar for Tatum and Brown. And I hope it is. So I'm uh, trying to see the bigger picture a little bit. Like, is this the biggest game he's ever played? I Every playoff game that you're playing is like the biggest game. Like I would, you know, you could say the same thing about this game. And then game four, it's like, well, we lose that. And then we're down three, one. So yes, but no, does that, sorry, that's a shitty answer, but that's how I feel. It's like, if that's a perfect answer, but no, yeah, it might feel like the biggest game of his career when we're down two with, you know, 30 seconds to go in the ball. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Jay, any other thoughts there? Well, I got a question for you guys, because I know for tomorrow, fortunately, I have to work tomorrow, right? Well, fortunately, I I work most days, but um, <laughs> especially tomorrow where I won't be able to peruse like social media too much because I'm anticipating all of the smart haters to come out of the woodwork, both over the course of tonight and and all day tomorrow until we get into game six. Uh, are you guys anticipating the same thing and are either of you leaning and, and thinking now smart is not that guy because of what we've seen tonight? Not at all. I, I, if he 
secures that rebound, then I think there's more. There would have been more good to say about Marcus Smart's game than bad in, in, within this game in a vacuum. Uh, particularly in the first half, I thought he did a really good job of controlling yeah. the team, controlling the offense. He had that really critical charge draw on Giannis in the fourth quarter, which, you know, in the he moment, I'm like, him. winning plays, like, Marcus Smart is going to see us to the promised land. This is amazing. And um, obviously, it didn't turn out that way. But ultimately, I think there were more promising aspects to Smart's game uh, than negative. It's just the way that it sort of concluded in the end there, it's going to be tough to to brandish that take, I suppose. What do you think, Spoons? Yeah, I mean, he deserves criticism for how he ended that game straight up. There's no doubt about that. Smart's an imperfect player, but I it's a shame because, yeah, I, I would be even more strongly say I thought Smart was playing a wonderful game before that ending sequence. I mean, he was great. He hit some clutch threes and clutch shots when the Bucks would kind of cut it to like six or seven and Smart hit a shot and kind of we'd go back on a run, so... It's a shame. I definitely think the haters will be out big time, but um, I I was going to be Celtics. Jay, eat this, you <laughs> son of a like. It's gonna they, actually they won't name like they yeah, don't care, yeah. but they they are. They're gonna come out full force hating on smart. There's gonna mm-hmm. be a lot of lot of defensive smart fans tomorrow. Yeah, and going back to kind of the offense uh, in the last few minutes there, I actually was thinking in my head, like, why don't we get smart running a pick and roll here? Right. He's got the worst defender on their team on him and then let him crack the defense and get some, you know, ball movement going here, find some open shooters because it's really hard for Tatum to just like post up 25 feet from the rim and get a good shot. But that seems like, you know, ime has been an amazing coach for at least the second half of the year. Those were the plays we were calling. Like, they, I don't think Tatum was freelancing. Like, we would run mm-hmm. stuff to get him a matchup and then literally post him up from 20 feet. So, like, I don't think he's going rogue. So, I why don't, you know, we call a different set maybe instead of that every <laughs> time down? So, I think you can yeah. criticize Udoka for that for sure. Uh, one one last note I just want to put out on, uh, on the smart dynamic um, because I know – as I was thinking about the the heat that he's gonna get coming out of out of this game, you know, and I was I was watching his body language when the the clock expired, and I was watching his body language as he's walking off the court. And I mean, you can say whatever you want about uh, smart. Anyone out there can say what they want about smart. Type what they want about smart. But there's no one that's more upset with smart right now than Marcus. There just isn't. Yeah, I genuinely believe that. Um, there's no, and here's the thing, and this is the reason why I'll never probably, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll never be shy about my enthusiasm and my, my devotion to Marcus Smart as a Celtic, because even after he screwed up that layup and got blocked and then the ball ended up out of bounds, just about every message that came through on Twitter and came through on my texts were all up. Oh, the game's over, the game's over, the game's over. And I'll tell you what, like, I totally understand where people are coming from. And I, it's a totally rational sort of opinion to have in that moment. But there was no part of me, no fiber of my being that didn't believe Smart was going to make a play to win that game. Like steal the ball on the inbounds and, and run down the court and get the game winning layup. Like, and it didn't happen. But the fact that like every part of my being believed that that was possible just because of what we've seen from him to this point, knowing how much that man will just put his body out on the line to make a play like that happen and knowing how he how much he holds himself accountable 
for the mistakes that he does make out there. I think that just speaks to the quality of not just player, but person that he is on this team and why I know there's a lot of folks that are going to come out and criticize the mistakes that he made and maybe a couple of those poor decisions that he made at the end of the game. But he didn't lose that rebound at the end, right? Like he got the rebound that could have sealed the game. You know, it wasn't his fault that that ball got tipped out. And it's not really Jalen's fault either, right? It's just like a, a freak accident thing that happens. Like two guys going for the But Marcus crashing, crashing the bullets. Yeah, Almost literally. Yeah, literally. If, if Brown's yeah. hand doesn't poke perfectly between his, Smart's got the ball, and the game's over. You know, okay. so like on one hand, you, you can say Smart lost the game, right? But on the other hand, you could say he was the he was the one reason we almost won that game at the end as well. So I just think we gotta, you know, we got like Spoon said earlier, we gotta take it in stride. We gotta know these things happen. And listen, the only way to get to the Eastern Conference Finals now is to win two in a row. So if that's what they want to do, that's what they got to do. So let's see them do it. Yeah, I mean, I guess to finish up here, a quote from Jason Tatum's post-game presser. He said, the series is not over. Go on the road and win one. Take it one game at a time. Just got to win the next game, honestly. Yeah, yeah I mean, a little cliche, but I mean, I hope he's right. Uh, that's, that's what we got to do, right? So I guess, I guess like shifting slightly into the fan therapy side of things before we wrap up. My recommendation, go online sparingly. Stay away from NBA Twitter. Mm-hmm. Stay away from RNBA. Uh, click selectively in the Celtics subreddit. Uh, if you can, go for a walk, read a book, rediscover the other things you love in your life for the next 36 to 48 hours, uh, and just, just try and get through it. Any any tips from either of you? Like, how are you going to sort of ment- mentally, um, you know, get through the next couple of days before, the, you know, before game six? I mean, I have a, a pretty nice strong healthy addiction to video games so instead <laughs> of like right. nice. yeah instead of looking up stats or you know finding clips and stuff like that uh i will probably pass on that tomorrow evening and watch some tv until my wife goes to bed and then i will play some elden ring and then i will go to sleep and yeah i am going to avoid the internet as long as possible tomorrow, <laughs> except for work. <laughs> I will use it for work and that's it. <laughs> YouTube channel is going to be uh, pretty quiet the next couple of yeah. days, I think, guys. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, Celtics J, anything to add there? And then I want you to tell all the listeners about our new platform that we're going to be adapting. It's called Playback, right? Please yeah. yeah, start sure. with this um, game. So should have lived with that. <laughs> anyone, anyone that needs Celtic engagement and conversation that doesn't focus on the pessimism, Feel free to hit me up. I'm on I'm on that Twitter at the Celtics J. And I'm more than happy to help folks see all those silver linings. All right. I see them all bright and shiny. They're adorable. They're lovely. I'm gonna be polishing them all night and all all day tomorrow. So yeah, if anyone needs a little dose of optimism and a a little bit of the other side of the equation here, feel free to to reach out, hit me up on Twitter. Um yeah, it is really exciting to be able to share some news with uh with our audience. And and let folks know that we are going to be joining on as uh, creators on the, the new platform, the new streaming platform, Playback. And so what we'll be doing is hosting uh, a social space during the games where you'll be able to come in uh, into a, like a group chat dynamic and watch the game live in that stream. 
while that's happening, you'll be able to also enjoy the musings and commentary from yours truly here at the Celtics Reddit blog. Uh, uh, Celtics Reddit blog. Holy crap. <laughs> Celtics Reddit pod. Uh, ben, you can edit that in post. Um, <laughs> you can yeah. come you can come and enjoy us and all of our musings and commentary. Uh, all of us here at the Celtics Reddit pod team. Really, it's it's the ground floor of this this new company doing some things that I think have really been on a lot of fans' minds for a while. I mean, I've been hearing from fans all over the place that they've been waiting for a space like this to be available. Um, and so it's really exciting for, I think, us to kind of be on the ground floor as this is getting going. Yeah, absolutely. It's a live stream where you can watch us watch the game. Basically, you can sign in with your like your television subscription. League Pass works as well. You can watch the game. You can see Wayne Spoonie's tears in HD as we lose game six <laughs> on the road. Um but it's going to be fun. And so we'll tweet out some links before we get that started. And hopefully How dare you? many more games left in this postseason of us um, streaming us. Yeah, because we're game. not losing game six. Enough. Of course not. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare insinuate that. Um, all right, guys. I think 30 minutes on, on this particular game is enough. <laughs> too That's long. That's going to do it for this one. Yeah, too long. We, we will, of course, be back. I can back. go another hour. <laughs> we're going to be back after game six and, of course, after game seven, right? Spoons. And game. during game six, folks, the of- first... The first room that we're hosting is going to be for Game 6, the deciding Game 6. We win or we go home crying, right? So come join us for Game 6 at Playback. You're going to see links pop up in all of our different channels. Come join us for this huge game. Watch Tatum be a boss, Biggest game of his life. I'm saying it's happening. We can watch it together. Hashtag Celtics fam. All right, folks, we'll look out for that one. We'll be tweeting that out for sure. Spoons, Jay, love your work, guys. Thanks again. All right, until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.